Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Have you ever experienced a time when you just didn't desire God? Or maybe you felt like He was nowhere to be found. Maybe you longed to feel joy in the Lord, but you just didn't. There are many reasons for these seasons of spiritual dryness. And the thing is, all believers experience these seasons from time to time on their faith journeys. Today we discuss some of the reasons for these seasons, how we can faithfully walk through them, and talk about what these seasons can produce in and through us. Come on and join our conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Joanna and my co-host, Stephanie. Hey, hey. Hey, so we're excited to be talking with you all today. And today's topic is one that I think every believer can identify with at some point in their life. And that is just these seasons of spiritual dryness or spiritual drought. Um, Maybe when we feel as if God's presence is withdrawn or Mm -hmm. we just aren't joyful in engaging with him and his word like like we want to be. And so we're going to jump into that topic here in just a minute. But first, Stephanie, do you have a favorite thing to share with us? Yeah, I was thinking about this. We literally just got back from a kid's dentist. So... That's my favorite thing. No cavities for three kids. <laughs> oh, wow. That's something to praise the Lord about. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. We haven't done the dentist yet <laughs> for my youngest. And some people are like, oh, yeah, I didn't do it for a long time. And other people are like, as soon as they got their first tooth, we went to the dentist. So <laughs> so we did both. My two oldest are more reserved. So I don't think we took the them until they're about three but my Mm -hmm. youngest is my wild and free one that I I just call her that she's just fearless and she's just very confident and so I just signed her up to go oh my goodness so she's 22 months and you know what she just climbed in the chair I wasn't even there and she got her teeth cleaned (laughs) they might surprise you (laughs) yeah well I also have to just take the initiative to make the appointment (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness how about you um, so my favorite thing from this week, a little background, I have been living in my current home for about five months. And ever since we moved into this house, I have hated our shower head. <laughs> and that sounds like <laughs> such a silly thing. But it has like no water pressure. It feels mm-hmm. like it's just like spitting on you, you know, and yeah. it takes forever to get shampoo out of your hair. <laughs> so this past weekend, my husband installed a new shower head for me and it has been so wonderful. (laughs) And I wanted to get it before this baby comes because I remember last time in the middle of the night having such bad contractions. I just needed like water Mm. on me. Yeah, And so I thought I need a nice multi-setting shower head to help me through this labor so well, there you go that's good that forward is installed thinking. and it's wonderful 
Will we link that in our show notes? We will. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I will be sure to link that in our show notes. Um, But yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to today's conversation um, just because I do think this applies to everybody or all believers anyways. Um, And that's this topic of, you know, experiencing seasons of spiritual dryness. You know, there may be times in our faith journey when we don't feel passionate about God and the things of God. You know, our desires for spiritual things may just be lacking. And maybe we feel like God is far from us and everything related to spiritual life. So spiritual disciplines, all of that. It all just feels like an uphill battle. And there's just no joy and delight. And that's kind of what we mean by this phrase, spiritual dryness, or we might say spiritual drought. And I know I have personally experienced this in varying degrees um, over the past decade, and really for all different reasons. And I think if you're a believer for a little while, you've probably experienced this too. And that's why we want to discuss this topic today. It's relevant. And I think there can be a tendency to feel shame when we go through these seasons. Um, Our culture just kind of glorifies um, fruitful seasons and really any other kind of season like should not be celebrated according to our culture. Maybe they're just unwanted, they're undesirable. And so there's that. And then maybe some of us don't understand why we may experience spiritual drought. So Maybe when that happens to us, we may question our faith or question our salvation. Um, But the thing is, there are a hundred different reasons why a believer who is saved may experience spiritual dryness, and they're actually not all bad reasons. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to digging in. And now we will go through all 100 reasons. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We're not going to do that. But I would totally agree that I have experienced spiritual dryness to varying degrees over the course of my Christian life. And Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes it's just like a lack of motivation to seek God, just kind of apathy. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's boredom with his word or with prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I really want to have joy in him, but I just find that I don't. Sometimes it feels like he's not there. Um, Or sometimes there's even like a fear of meeting with God that keeps me from him. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's really all different reasons, all different ways that this can manifest. And, you know, I have to say, kind of like you were saying, can make you kind of question your faith, Stephanie. Sometimes when I go through one of these seasons, I kind of feel like a fraud. Mm -hmm. You know, like everybody else is doing this Christian thing right. And maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm like faking my way through if I'm not having these awesome, joyful experiences and like super looking forward to reading scripture and all of these things. Um, But the thing is, we're not alone in these kind of seasons. We see it all over scripture, especially the Psalms. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at David. Think about Psalm 42 that starts out, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And so it's just this sentiment of wanting God's presence, but mm-hmm. feeling as if it's not there. Um, or in Psalm 63, 1, he says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so even if we are actively seeking God, 
actively reading his word and going to him in prayer, sometimes we can feel like we're in this desert, mm-hmm. right? That that yeah. he's not there. He's not responding. And, you know, ask almost any believer and they can say, yeah, I've been there mm-hmm. um, in some sense. And so this is not something that you're alone in if this is something that you're experiencing. Yeah. And, you know, I feel just such great comfort seeing it in scripture, right? Because it shows us clearly that spiritual dryness is not an indicator of a lack of faith. And it reminds us that followers of Christ can really trust that we are justified by faith alone in Christ alone, you know. And as Romans 8.30 says, those who are justified will be glorified. And so no matter what we're feeling, um, if we are in the season of dryness, we can rest securely in his imputed righteousness. And that is not contingent on anything we're feeling in the moment. And so that's kind of the place we're going to be um, approaching this topic from that position of security. And this really is where we kind of have to separate our feelings from truth, right? We may not always feel like God is near, but the truth is God is unchanging and he is everywhere. And we have the indwelling spirit, whether or not we feel like it. And so then we have to ask ourselves, why do these seasons even exist? Like, why isn't the Christian life marked by constant seasons of fruitfulness? Why isn't it always rainbow and sunshines and unicorns and all of the good stuff? Yeah, and it's so true, you know, that our seasons of spiritual dryness are not necessarily indicators of whether or not we are actually believers. Mm -hmm. But we do want to make sure that we are distinguishing between spiritual dryness and spiritual deadness, Yeah, right? If, if you have never experienced joy in the gospel, if you've never been in a season where you didn't feel dry, then that's kind of a different thing, Yeah, right? Then it's a question of, have you been transformed by the gospel? Right. And if that's you, if you are sitting here listening and saying, I have honestly never experienced the joy of salvation. I have never experienced the joy of God's word. Then that might be something that you might want to talk to God about, to talk to a pastor about, Mm -hmm. to, to really stop and evaluate, have I understood the gospel? Have I repented and have I believed by faith? Right. Um, But for those of us who are believers, we are going to all experience different seasons in the Christian life. Like you said, Stephanie, we're going to experience seasons of waiting, seasons of dryness, seasons of fruitfulness, right? Seasons of pain and suffering, all kinds of different seasons. Mm -hmm. And that's normal. You know, I even think about in Psalm 1, it talks about the tree planted by streams of water as Mm -hmm. this metaphor for a flourishing Christian. And even then it says that tree yields its fruit in its season. Yeah. Right. And so our spiritual lives aren't always going to be in seasons where fruit is abundant or apparent Mm -hmm. to us. Um, where we can see and feel big change happening. yeah. But we have to realize that as long as our roots are grounded in the right place, as long as we are abiding in Christ, drinking from the water of life, right, saturated in the word of God, there is going to be growth happening. Even if we can't sense it or Mm -hmm. see it, it's still going to be there. Exactly. And I really do love the metaphor of the tree because – 
it does remind us that there will be times in our lives when we experience different seasons, you know, Um, just like the trees experience seasons of like lush green leaves and flowers in the spring and summer. um, They also shed their leaves, you know, in the fall and winter. And likewise, we will go through our share of winters in our lifetime. And there are many different reasons for these wintry seasons. And we'll go over a few. But like we said, there are so many different reasons why you may experience spiritual drought. Um, So this is nowhere near exhaustive. But here we go. The first reason could be just your life circumstances. You know, though we are redeemed, we still live in a fallen world, right? Jesus offers us abundant life, yes, Um, but that's talking about spiritual freedom here, you know, not lives free from pain and suffering and discomfort. So yeah, there Mm -hmm. may be times when we go through seasons that are really difficult and beyond our control. You know, maybe we have an aging parent whose health is failing and we're the sole caretaker, or maybe we have a child that is acutely ill. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we have some other sort of personal crisis. Yeah. And it even can be things that aren't so much of a crisis, but that just put a strain on our lives. Yeah. You know, maybe it's living in a season where you are raising small children. Mm-hmm. Or maybe yeah. it's that you're in college or high school or grad school and homework and papers <laughs> and finals are just overwhelming. Yeah. Um, or maybe it is something like a strained marriage or dealing with infidelity mm-hmm. in your marriage. You know, there are all kinds of things that can make it where it is really difficult to draw near to God um, in those seasons and can produce this sense of spiritual drought. Exactly. There are so many different life circumstances that can cause our stress level to be super high and cause us to be really stretched thin. And Mm -hmm. we may literally not have the time and energy to study the Bible for hours or to invite our unbelieving neighbors over for dinner or really do much of anything aside from tending to that particular circumstance at hand. And it can begin to feel like a winter season, right? Not just circumstantially, but spiritually and Though this isn't always the case, I do believe God can absolutely feel very near and present during tragedies and and different crises. Um, However, if he doesn't feel near, um, one reason I thought that that could be is because, you know, oftentimes what accompanies these really tough situations um, is that we find ourselves withdrawing from community. Mm. And again, this can be out of necessity, you know, depending on the circumstance. But either way, our spiritual well-being is affected because community really matters, right? We have to remember that the Christian faith is communal by God's good design, and we need each other. And when we don't have that, then we are going to be affected. And so I think it's just helpful to acknowledge that so that if you're in the circumstance where you just can't go to church, you can't be plugged into a community group because you're caring for an aging parent or a sick child or or whatever the reason may be, um, maybe we can get creative and come up with a way that somehow the church can walk alongside us um, in a different way in that particular season. And I also think it's helpful that we don't think that God has forgotten us in our hardship, right? We need to remember that he sees us and he is well aware of all of the details of our situation. So, you know, we can embrace this season 
of drought maybe that we find us, ourselves in. And maybe the season, you know, is a time when we can only read a verse a day or we're only able to listen to the audio Bible for 10 minutes while we're brushing our teeth, getting ready for bed. Um, or even in the seasons where our only prayer seems to be like, help me, God, help me get through this. Um, even if it feels like a spiritually barren season, because you're not doing much outside of your situation and you're just in survival mode, we can trust that he can still nourish our souls, right? Because it's where our root is. And if we're rooted in him, then yes, he can nourish us. We can still abide and he can still build us up on the inside and draw us to himself. And so the goal for any of us really, um, no matter what our life circumstance can't just always be wanting to be in a season of summer, of blooming, of, you know, being um, outwardly beautiful and fruitful. Um, the goal always has to be more of God. Yeah. And it's just such a good reminder that even in those really difficult seasons that we do have to prioritize community. Mm-hmm. And we also want to prioritize drawing near to the Lord. And we'll talk more practically about what, what that looks like. Um but yeah, I think sometimes in those situations, we have this tendency, whether it's in these like super crazy seasons or just kind of the day-to-day life of living out of our own strength mm-hmm. instead of depending on the Holy Spirit. And we have a whole episode on this idea. It was episode 57 called The Beauty of Daily Dependence, where we talk about this tendency that we have to be self-reliant yeah. instead of recognizing and leaning into our dependence on the Lord. But yeah, it's easy to go through our days, um, to go through the hard things or the normal things or the busy things, and just to try to do it all ourselves mm-hmm. and in that neglect to turn to the Lord. And so um, when we spend time out of the word, out of prayer, um, out of that intentional relationship with God, that kind of becomes our new normal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really easy to fall into those habits. It's almost kind of how like if you don't eat healthy food for a long time, you just get into like a pattern of eating all junk food. You kind of stop craving the good stuff. <laughs> you know, you kind of stop craving like salad and you're like, you know, it's really just easier yeah. And more delicious to go through <laughs> the drive through But once you kind of start getting back on like a healthy eating pattern, your body starts to crave it. Yeah. And I think it's similar with our spiritual lives. When we become so self-reliant, it's like we're filling ourselves up with all of these other things mm-hmm. instead of going to God, um, who is our strength. Yeah. And so we actually stop desiring him. Um. And so what we need to do is we have to recognize our own weakness, mm-hmm. our own need, our own dependence on God, because it's then that we will return to him, um, that, that, that we will depend on him and depend on the Holy Spirit. You know, we talked about this in episode 57, but it's just like when Paul is praying to God to get rid of this thorn in his side, as he calls it, whatever it may be that's making his life difficult. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so if we are living out of our own strength, and that is going to be keeping us from that relationship, that abiding with God, then we need to stop and recognize our weakness so that we can depend on him and let his power be displayed through us. Yeah, so good. 
we really do need to continually cultivate our appetites, um, no matter what life season we're in. And, you know, the next kind of reason why we can find ourselves in this season is that it really could be something more. I think we just need to be aware that that's a possibility, right? That God made us body, mind, and spirit. And so what this means is that our physical bodies actually affect our mind's ability to think clearly, um, which in turn can actually affect our spirit's ability to embrace the beauty and hope of gospel truths day in and day out. And so I want to say, you know, if you're experiencing a prolonged spiritual drought, um, step back for a minute and see if it's more than that, right? It could be anxiety and depression. And for some people, it could be at a clinical level. So it could be clinical anxiety and depression, which may actually warrant attention from a medical professional. So aside from that, though, I do want to say that all believers should tend to um, their physical well-being because it does affect all all of us. So if we are in a season of spiritual dryness, we should, you know, step back and also ask ourselves, are we getting enough sleep? Are we resting? You know, God gave us the gift of the Sabbath. You know, he designed us with good limits. Are we living within those good limits? Um, Are we eating well? These things can affect our spiritual well-being too. And I love what Martin Lloyd-Jones has to say with it. He was a pastor from the 20th century, really popular. But one thing about him was that he was also a medical doctor. And so this is what he says. He says, you cannot isolate the spiritual from the physical for we are body, mind, and spirit. The greatest and the best Christians when they are physically weak are more prone to an attack of spiritual depression than at any other time. And there are great illustrations of this in the scriptures. And so I know that I've personally experienced this just last year, I would say, you know, um, God didn't create us to thrive spiritually while neglecting the very good physical boundaries he's placed for us. But just realize that, you know, all believers need to tend to their physical well-being and really just yield to God's good design for us physically as well. Mm, Yeah, that's such a good point. I can definitely recognize a change in my outlook and a change in my motivation and Mm -hmm. a change in my patience levels (laughs) when I'm not in a healthy place physically. Yeah. Um, It definitely all impacts one another. Um, You know, another reason that we could be in a season of spiritual dryness is because of some kind of sin or disobedience in our lives. And, you know, we don't want to assume that this is always the reason. Yeah. But it is important for us to consider this possibility and examine our own hearts. You know, sometimes we experience a feeling of dryness because we are actually ignoring the Lord's conviction over sin in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as as God convicts us, as the Holy Spirit convicts us that what we are doing is sinful, but we keep on nurturing that sin, cultivating mm-hmm. that sin, allowing that sin in our lives, then we are blocking out even the sense of the Holy Spirit's presence, Mm -hmm. right? And so what happens is our hearts actually become calloused to to God and to his word. 
And I was reading from Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to read this passage from verses 17 through 23. It says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so this passage is talking about unbelievers, right? Unbelievers who become calloused as they live in disobedience, but it's also assuming that people who are believers are still living as if they're unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And we do that sometimes too, right? We ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we continue in our sin, but we're called to put off the old self and put on the new self and have a renewed mind. And that way our hearts don't become calloused to the Holy Spirit, right? Toughened and um, just wanting to block it out, not being Mm -hmm. able to, to receive the Holy Spirit and the sense of his presence and power. You know, there is real joy that comes from repentance because repentance brings forgiveness and it brings freedom. Yeah. Um, and there is this heaviness that we experience when we don't repent. And that can contribute to this, this feeling of spiritual dryness. And so, you know, in the midst of this, as we consider that it might be our own sin that's causing this issue, we also have to be careful not to go into despair over that, mm-hmm. right? Thinking that God is punishing us and that he has left us. Um, you know, God doesn't punish his children because he punished Jesus in our place, mm-hmm. but he does discipline, yeah. right? With the intent of bringing us back to himself. And I love this verse from Micah 7, verses 7 through 9. And it is just this encouragement that even in our sin— that if we are believers, that we know that God is going to bring us into the light, as this mm-hmm. passage says. So it says, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. Mm. And so even if we are the cause of our own season of spiritual dryness, we don't have to despair because we can know that God is faithful and that he, even though this season might be a season of darkness, that he is going to be a light to us once again. Yeah, we should never feel hopeless, right? Right. Because Jesus is our hope and we can operate out of that security that he provides us. And yeah, another reason I think we may experience spiritual dryness is because we misinterpret seasons of growth. Um, I know I've done this, right? Seasons of growth are not always outwardly fruitful. And I think sometimes we can actually be growing, but we get discouraged because it's kind of a quiet, unseen growth, you know, 
we're consistently engaging our minds through the study of God's word, and that's great. But maybe we just don't feel delight or whatever it is that we think we should be feeling. And mm-hmm. and maybe that's because we're not getting affirmed from the outside. And I think this is just a good time to remind all of us that our feelings can't drive our devotion. And we have to make sure we understand what spiritual fruit really is, right? And so going back to the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, to 24, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so I read that to say these attributes are an inner transformation, right? That then overflow into love and good deeds. We just have to remember that, that, you know, unseen growth is still growth and it's, it's good and it will overflow. Um, And then another thing is we have to remember that growth isn't always easy and we may feel discouraged when You know, we're feeling these things called growing pains. Like it can feel like all we're doing is just killing the sin in our lives and just, you know, killing the fleshly desires that we have. And and that doesn't always feel good, but we have to just keep the eternal weight of glory in mind, right? And we can't allow our feelings distract us from setting our minds on things above. Yeah, I think that's such an important distinction. You know, a lot of times, These things that are true marks of growth are things that we don't even realize to look for. Yeah. um, Where they're not as readily apparent. They're not measurable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's also important in line with that kind of thinking that we don't get discouraged because we think that in order to be in a good place spiritually, we have to be having like these emotional experiences anytime Mm. that we open God's word yeah, um, or else something must be wrong with us. Right. You know, that's something that I kind of hear a lot is, well, I'm reading scripture, but I'm just not having these like life changing, incredible emotional Mm -hmm. mornings that just like fuel the rest of my day. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing is God's word absolutely should stir our hearts to joy. 100%. But it doesn't mean that we're going to have a spiritual high every time that we read it. Right. Right. You know, I think about um, Jen Wilkin in her book, Women of the Word, Mm -hmm. when she talks about our study of scripture, like making deposits into a spiritual savings account, Mm -hmm. that we're not always going to have this immediate result that we see or this immediate emotional reaction. And hey, I feel this because I'm doing a chronological Bible reading plan. And there are some days when I'm like, all right. This is a lot of names and a lot of information. (laughs) And I don't walk away necessarily with this incredible sense of just like ecstatic joy, Mm -hmm. right? But that is information that is going to help me understand God's greater story of redemption Mm -hmm. and is going to yield joy if not now, down the road. Or even I think about when we had Tamsin on and she talked about just that everyday faithfulness of reading scripture and how it builds on itself and how it produces long-term growth and long-term joy. Right. And so, yeah, we don't have to be having an overly emotional experience every time we read scripture in order for us to consider that we are growing Mm -hmm. and producing fruit. But, you know, sometimes I think it's important for us to realize, too, that the reason that we are in one of these seasons is unknown. Yep. And that's okay. 
You know, if you look at the Puritans, they talked a lot about God withdrawing the sense of his presence, right? Never withdrawing his presence because God is always there, Mm -hmm. but withdrawing the sense of his presence in order to draw us to himself. Yeah. And so there might not be an obvious reason, but the thing is, no matter what the reason is, we need to press into him. Yeah. Right? The solution is in a big picture sense the same, Mm -hmm. to return to him. And so what does that look like, right? How can we faithfully walk through these seasons of spiritual dryness? You know, the first thing that I think that we should do is we need to acknowledge that it's hard. Yeah. That this is not an easy place to be in. We need to be honest about that. First, we need to be honest with God, right? We can tell him, God, I feel like you're not there. Mm-hmm. I have no desire to pray. I have no desire to read your word, you know, whatever it may be. I have uttered those prayers myself. Yeah. God, I don't even want to pray right now. Will you please <laughs> produce in me a desire? Yeah, me too. And, you know, also be honest with people in your community. I think that this is really important that we don't try and bear this on our own, Mm -hmm. but share it with your community group at church, with a mentor or your pastor or a friend. Um, Ask them to pray for you. Yeah. You know, this past Sunday, one of the elders at our church was speaking and he shared a story about when he went to the other elders at the church and said, I feel like I'm drifting. Mm -hmm. He said, I feel like I'm just spiritually just kind of out there going through the motions Mm -hmm. kind of neither here nor there and it's hard Mm -hmm. and he asked the other elders to pray for him and they did and he shared this experience that he had a couple weeks later of listening to a sermon while he was driving and god renewing a fresh sense of his love for him Mm -hmm. renewing the joy of salvation and you know It might be two weeks. It might be longer. But God is faithful to answer our prayers. And he's given us one another um, to support each other and to pray for one another and to encourage each other. Mm. That makes me choke up a little bit. (laughs) That's just beautiful because it's true, you know, especially in these seasons, we want to run toward God and not away from him. Um, Mm. You know, we want to run toward him when we don't feel him near. And we also want to run toward community right the local church and i think our pride can tempt us to shrink back in times of spiritual dryness Um, but this is the time when we need to press into the body even more you know as your elder um so beautifully like exemplified and you know you mentioned like feeling like you might be like a fraud you know for feeling this way and i think a lot of us feel that way like isolated but if we would Mm. just get over ourselves and be honest with with God and with each other, we'll realize like, we're not alone, you know? Yeah. We're not abnormal for feeling this. And and that's the body of Christ. That's the church, right? That's how it mm-hmm. should be functioning. When one member hurts, the whole body hurts to some degree. And in our union to Christ, we're united to one another. And if we look in scripture, there are so many one another's, right? That beautifully ex- expands on the implications of this union to one another in Christ. So We are to build one another up, to bear one another's burdens, to be kind to one another, to submit to one another and serve one another and comfort one another, to restore one another and to encourage and love one another. And 
we all go through different seasons at different times. And so when one person is going through a dry season, you know, another person in the community may be going through a season of overflowing joy. Mm -hmm. And that can be for the good of the person in the dry season too. And so we don't want to neglect the blessing of community in these seasons. And Mm -hmm. we really don't want to forget the power of corporate worship. You know, I mentioned that these could be times when something in us just wants to withdraw even more. Um, But we just have to fight against that. We have to remember that, you know, there's just this beauty in corporate worship. So We've said this a lot on our podcast about how the affections of our hearts can be stirred for God by our brothers and sisters as they glorify God. And so we need to remind each other of the beauty and hope of the gospel, and we need to preach the gospel to each other. And just remembering that we were created to function in this very way. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, just a word to those who are not in a season of spiritual dryness, don't feel like you need to hide your joy right. in order to not make other believers feel bad. Don't you know, do that. In my, <laughs> in my community group recently, we kind of talked about this and some people in the room were saying, I'm kind of afraid to say like, oh, I'm not struggling with that right now. Mm. But just the testimonies of people saying, hey, knowing that you are not there, that you're on the other side of this, that there is hope and there is joy to be found in Christ is so encouraging. Yeah. And so share that. Share that with one another. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another big thing that we really, it's just indispensable. We have to do this, whether we're in a spiritually dry season or not, is to pray. Mm. Um, prayer is so important. And, you know, we have to realize that we cannot experience joy in response to who God is, in response to God's word, in response to God's work apart from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It cannot happen. And, you know, we don't want to err on the side, like we said earlier, of making the Christian life all about emotional experiences of God. But we also don't want to err on the side of having a, quote, faith that is devoid of joy or devoid of emotion, right? The Spirit actually allows us to experience the love of God that goes beyond mere knowledge of His love. Yeah. And, you know, Paul talks about how he is praying for the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3. And this is the prayer that he prays for them. He says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. And so this is a prayer for us to to experience the love of Christ in a way that surpasses knowledge, in a way that goes beyond just being able to articulate it, but having experienced it. And, you know, I love what John Calvin says in his commentary on this passage. He says that Paul points to that part in which Christ peculiarly dwells in our hearts to show that it is not enough if the knowledge of Christ dwell on the tongue or flutter in the brain. 
Mm. We need the love of Christ to penetrate into our hearts. Otherwise, we will experience no joy. We will experience no sense of his presence. And Paul prays this for the Ephesians. We can pray it for ourselves as well. We should be praying it for ourselves and for our fellow believers. Yeah, so true. You know, we want to pursue holiness over happiness, but... You know, when God is our aim, we're made holy and we're also made happy, right? Um, Psalm 16, 11 says, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And so I love that encouragement, not to just be devoid of joy or emotion, but that we can experience the love of God. Mm -hmm. And the next encouragement here that we have is not new. We say it pretty much in every episode, but it's just that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves, especially in these seasons of dryness. Um, So I want to refer everyone back to episode seven, preaching the gospel to yourself, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, but mainly because we really go deeper into Psalm 42 in that episode, um, Mm. which is helpful for this conversation. And I'm going to refer to it. So the first few verses in Psalm 42, it's where the author is really experiencing this spiritual dryness. Joanna, you read a few verses um, at the beginning of the episode. But then when he goes to verse five, he begins talking to himself. And what he does is he reminds himself of who God is, what God has Mm -hmm. done, and also what God promises to do. And that is exactly what we need to do as well, right? We need to call to mind the promises of God and we need to cling to them and not doubt them. You know, we need to remember, especially in these seasons, um, the character of God, that he is good and kind and loving and faithful and he never changes and and we can depend on him he is always near um he's everywhere and we can actually take comfort in that i love this quote that i read this week from tozier he says the knowledge that we are never alone calms the troubled seas of our lives and speaks peace to our souls Mm -hmm. and so man we can rest in that in these seasons yeah absolutely And, you know, I think that it's also important as we are preaching the gospel to ourselves to make sure that in these seasons we are staying in the word of God. Um, You know, I know this is so hard when we are experiencing this sense of dryness, but we have to let our spiritual disciplines remain as disciplines, even (laughs) when it's hard. Yeah. Um, You know, we don't need to let our feelings or our lack of feelings be a reason to abandon communion with God, but really a reason to press in even more. God says that his word is living and it is active, and we have to believe that. We have to believe the truth that his word is the source of life for our souls and that we have to keep feeding our souls even when we're Mm. not in the mood. Yeah. Um, And, you know, God will be faithful to not let his word return void, but to do the work that he sent it out to do. And so we have to continue, press on, even when it's hard, get an accountability partner if you need to, whatever you need to do, but keep running back to his word. Yeah, definitely don't want to be starving yourself in these seasons. Yeah. And lastly, we just need to have the right perspective, right? Because again, if you're on this spiritual pilgrimage, as Tim Keller says, um, you will experience seasons of dryness at some point, and that does not make you abnormal at all. And Mm -hmm. so what we all need to do is then know how we're going to deal with it. And we need to be aware um, and 
just commit to seeing spiritual dryness not as an indicator of a lack of faith, but actually as an invitation to run to God even more. And so see the season, if you're in it, that, you know, it can be a season where God works for your good and his glory um, because he absolutely can. And and it can actually produce um, a deeper thirst for God um, if you'll let it. And so let's dig in a little bit more here. We went through some different reasons why we may experience these seasons and some different ways that we can faithfully walk through them. But to kind of just close off our conversation, let's talk about what these seasons um, can actually produce in us. Like, what is the point? What can we gain from this? Yeah. And Stephanie, you're absolutely right that God can use these things for our good and his glory, and he will use them for our good and his glory. He uses all things for our sanctification, right? Meaning that he uses everything to mature us and to refine us and to make us look more like Jesus, even in these seasons where he seems absent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, while we are in these seasons, what happens is that if we remain faithful, we press into him even more. We seek him diligently And our faith is actually strengthened as we wait Mm. for him. Yeah. Right. We have this hope that he will deliver us. You know, in Psalm 40, David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And, you know, we don't know how long David waited Mm -hmm. patiently for the Lord. But what we see is that God was faithful to deliver him. God will give us a new song, right? When it seems like there's no no place for singing. Mm -hmm. Um, He will give us a song of praise. And, you know, what I love, too, about that verse is it shows us that these seasons can be for the good of others, and for God's glory, mm-hmm. right? It says many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And so many people will look and see, wow, they were in this season and God was faithful to carry them through, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I can trust that God will be faithful to carry me through as well. Mm-hmm. Glory be to God for that, yeah. right? And so, you know, we have our faith strengthened while we're in the midst of that season, but also when we're on the other side of it, we can look back and we can see that God was faithful, mm-hmm. even when he seemed absent. And that hope will be able to carry us through all kinds of other trials that we may face and will face in mm-hmm. our lives. And, you know, I think too, when we experience these droughts, then when when we're past that season— we can rejoice all the more Mm -hmm. for the returning of the sense of his presence. It's kind of like, and I may have used this analogy before, have you ever gone on like an extended camping trip where you're sleeping outside for multiple days Mm -hmm. and then you get home and you take a shower and it's like the best thing you've ever (laughs) experienced in your whole life. And you're like, I've never had a more wonderful shower because you just feel so gross and you smell like (laughs) so much smoke and dirt. And I think there's a sense of that. Yeah. When we go through these seasons that we're longing for him, it's just, it's it's not coming easily. And then when that joy returns, it's so much more joyful. Yeah. And it's something to rejoice in. 
Um, And so, you know, God is using these seasons for our good, for the good of others, and for his glory. Mm, I really like that. (laughs) That one's good. (laughs) And I think these seasons can also um, be invitations for us to examine our hearts and and really identify any false hopes we may have or Mm. maybe any idols that we weren't aware of. And I actually re-listened to an old Tim Keller sermon on Psalm 42 last week, and I'll link it in our show notes. I think it's very helpful. But one thing that he said about this passage that really struck me was, basically, if you look at Psalm 42, you see that this author is experiencing the spiritual drought, but what you don't see is a confession. And it's as if just the season kind of came upon him. And that was just so helpful because I know I have this mindset that if something is wrong, then there must be like this identifiable cause. And I go into like a fix it mode and think, okay, what can I confess? You know, what do I need to repent of? Which I think are good questions, but I'll also go, you know, what can I give up? What can I do more of? And you know what? Tim Keller was just saying with this passage is just that sometimes there isn't always a reason. You know, Joanna, you said that earlier with the Puritans, like really, sometimes we go through these seasons of dryness and there's no real reason for it. There's no sin. There's there's nothing we can really put our finger on. And so what we can learn from this passage is that, you know, we can't get stuck in the why Um, But we can do what this author did, right? And we'll see that multiple times in this passage, he asks himself, why are you cast down, O my soul? So he's talking to himself. And really, he's not looking for a cause, but more so he's examining where he's putting his hope. And we can do the same because it's in these times that really show us the loves of our hearts, right? The affections of our hearts shows us where we're placing our hope or where we're getting our sense of purpose and worth. And so I actually think these can be times of grace that maybe exposes our false hopes or our misplaced affections. And it can be a time to preach the gospel to ourselves and reaffirm the foundation that our faith rests on Christ alone. And and that, like you said, can really strengthen our faith and really can refine us. Mm, yeah. And I think another thing that we need to consider that these seasons of spiritual dryness can also be an incredible opportunity to lead us into deeper community. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the need to not abandon community and to prioritize it. Um, but we in these seasons can lean on each other. Yeah. We can support each other in prayer. We can hear from people's own experiences who have been comforted in their own seasons of dryness so that as second corinthians 1 tells us they can go on and comfort other people and so i believe that these kinds of seasons can be god's instruments to unite us to one another right Mm -hmm. and to to draw us closer to each other and to develop this kind of community that sticks around um, when things are easy and when things are hard. Yeah, so true. So we hope this episode was helpful. If you're in a season of spiritual dryness, like take heart. You are not abnormal. And this can be a season that God uses for your good and his glory and the good of others. And you may feel hopeless, but God truly is using even this as a way to give you real enduring hope. And if you're not currently in a season of drought, 
Remember that it may come at some point in your faith journey. So continue to grow your gospel fluency, continue to cultivate relationships in your church and come alongside those who are currently in dry seasons and remind them of the hope-filled truths of the gospel. As always, we are so grateful for all of you. If you're on social media, be sure to tag us to let us know you're listening. We'd love to connect with you in that way. You can find us at, at The Daily Grace Co. And check out our show notes. It is a labor of love from me to you all. And I do <laughs> hope that you find it helpful. And once again, we look forward to talking with you all next week.